0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Forever Say Podcast. This is your host Kevin Moy. Um, today, I wanted to talk about love. Um, in particular, I wanted to talk about God's love. Man, I, I know that for a, lot, a long time, I was burdened by feeling like I had to love God in a certain way, or I had to conjure up these feelings of loving God um, that I, I felt like I never could could get there. Like it was always like this this disconnect. With trying to love God, because I, I was looking for like this feeling um, that you feel sometimes when you're in a romantic relationship um, or you know uh, some type of platonic relationship that you really care about, and it was this this love that I was trying to trying to get to. And and to make matters worse, um, the Bible literally says we should love God a certain way, and the way that I read the verse about loving God. It just kind of made me uh, more fearful than anything, cause I felt like, well, how how am I gonna love God in this way? Like loving God requires a lot of work, and it's this mental ascent that I feel like I could never get to, and it was just it it was just a lot. I, I mean, I don't know if anybody else feel like that, but I know it was just a lot for me, and uh, it was something that I I struggled with for a very long time, um, because it, it was it was first mentioned in. Deuteronomy 6 and I think it's Deuteronomy 6 verse 5 it says you need to love the Lord with all your heart all your mind and all your strength and you know what does that mean like that's like a a ultimate love like how do you love something that much like what do we even get the ability to love something that much so sometimes when I hear people honestly sometimes when I hear people say that they love God I'm always trying to figure out like how like or why Or, or really? You really love God that much? Um, I've even heard it preached that we should love God with all our heart, all our mind, and all our strength. And yes, that's in the Bible, but I I think I've come to realize that um, that was in the Bible for a specific reason. And and the reason was literally uh, something that led human beings such as myself... Um, it left us incapable of actually reaching that type of love because who does, who, how do you measure that? Like, how do you, how do you put that into to practice? Because to love something that much, that literally means that, you know, sin wouldn't be an issue for any of us at all. Like it wouldn't, it wouldn't even come across our radar. So we already know that's not true. So then that means we already feel short of loving God to that level. Um, and and I think today it would be good to talk about um, just what I think the Bible is trying to tell us about loving God and where it comes from because, you know, if, if you're like me, um, you might struggle with this. This is something I know I struggle with, so it led me to find answers. And I think the more answers you find in Scripture— It kind of helps and engage you because ultimately, like this is the this is the mission, like this is the mission of this podcast. This is the mission that I hope others carry with them is we want to see people have a deeper relationship with God. Like We want people to be free. We want people to experience a level of God to where they know for sure that they're in the love of God and they're not so concerned about their own love for God. They're way they're way more concerned about God's love for them, and I think um, and today we I wanted to talk about um, or to read and discuss First John chapter four. I think in this chapter alone, it thoroughly explains and gives great um, insight to where this love this love come from, and I think the more we understand it. I think if you're like I said, if you're like me, you will have you will feel less of the burden to to try to conjure up these feelings to try to love God, because loving God is a is a hard task when you're trying to do it. So I would emphasize just stop trying to love God. And I know it might sound weird, but think about it like you're not doing that well anyway. So it has to be something that God must have done in order for you to see him a certain way. Or to even have the ability to love him that way. And a lot of times we'll get to see that God loves to provide the very things that he asks for us to do. But he doesn't put the burden on us to actually do them. He put the burden on himself. So I think as we read through these scriptures, it'll be um, important as we break it down and, and get some context and get some clues to it. So today I'm going to read from 1 John chapter 4, verse 7 through 21. And, um, I'm gonna try to go through it pretty quickly, but you know, I'm just going to stop when I feel like there needs to be some, some insight into it because we need to hear this all the time. So, um, so let's, you know, let's get into it. I'm going to read from the new King James version, um, I thought this version was pretty good for today Uh, You know, I also like the TPT Which is the the Passion Translation Which I think is very good It it might actually explain it a little better But um, just to switch it up a little bit I'll read from the New King James Version And um, see what we can get from it So the first verse and verse 7 it says Be loved, talking to believers Let us love one another For love is of God And everyone who loves Is born of God and knows God So right off the bat, John is trying to tell us we should be loving other people because love is of God. But the emphasis of loving other people or the power to love other people directly comes from the love of God. So we literally would have to know how much God loves us in order for us to walk out love with other people because that's where love comes from. So sometimes when you see people say that they love people or love someone else, um, that, love can be, that love can be tested and you can really like somebody and you can, you can get married to somebody you really like and all those things, but a lot of times, love is tested. And when love is tested, you will know where your love stemmed from in, from the get-go. And a lot of times, if your love was based on that other person, you'll you'll walk and fall out of love with that person because that person is at some point going to do something that's going to offend you. They're going to do something that's going to be against what you believe should happen to you. And then how are you going to react? Like and then how you know how are we going to respond to the person that we so call love. Um and you know there's situations and every situation is not good. So by no means I'm saying love uh love in close relationship with with anybody that just that does just anything but I think uh, some of the struggles we have in relationships whether it's romantic or platonic it stems from our concept of love and I know in American uh, society and probably the society of the world we romanticize love to the point to where um, it's very feelings based it's very emotional based and it doesn't um, it doesn't it doesn't have a foundation in something that's higher or bigger than ourselves. So let's let's continue to read. So at verse eight, it says he who does not love does not know God for God is love. And the very important and I'm going to skip over verse eight because I want to get to verse nine, because verse nine and verse 10 literally explains to us what love is and how we can Receive it and what we should be focused on More importantly it's, it tells us what we should be Focused on so in verse 9 it says And this the love of God was Manifested towards us that God Has sent his only begotten son Into the world that we might Live through him So I think if we break down that verse Alone this is How God showed his love for us So how we talked About God demanding us to love Him with all, the, all our mind all our Strength and all our heart This is literally how God loved us. And He proved it to us because He gave the one innocent, perfect being that did everything correctly, that loved Him the way that He wanted people to love Him. And He did it perfectly. And He gave up that person to die. He gave up that person to die. Who is Jesus? For everybody in the world. So He took the most precious, He took the most precious person. Ever to him and gave him up as a sacrifice for everybody else who didn't love God that much, who didn't uphold him that much, who was selfish, who, who did everything they could to do the wrong thing. And this is who he gave up. So this is God proving to us that it's no longer about how much you love me. It's way more important for you to know how much I love you. So this is what it's talking about in verse 10, which says, And this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. So the uh, propitiation is a fancy word for sacrifice or atonement or um, replacement. So this is love and love has nothing to do with us loving God. Love has everything to do with God loving us. And it was proved by the fact that he gave up the ultimate sacrifice, which is Jesus, which is him in the flesh, which is is himself in the flesh for everybody who didn't even want him. There are so many people today that don't want God, don't, don't want anything to do with God. There's a lot of times in our lives, we want to do our own thing. We don't want to be connected to God, but God still gave up his son for us. And verse 11 says, be loved. If God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. So John is trying to get us to realize that the beginning of love is us realizing how much God loves us. So the worst thing, I won't say the worst thing, but a bad habit for any of us to to take on would, would be, to try to conjure up feelings to try to love God. This chapter explains to us what we need to be thinking about if we feeling like we're we're lacking in love for God or we feel less loved by God. We got to remind ourselves what God actually did for us. That's the beginning of all love because that sacrifice, if we get into more details and what God went through to actually make that happen, we will fall in love because we'll be trying to figure out how in the world did God go through all of that just to save me? And you got to make it personal. Like, you have to make God's love for you personal. It can't just be God loved the world because when you say the world, a lot of times you make it about everybody else or you make it generalized. You got to make that personal. Like, God's personal love for you. Like, He personally wanted you to be with Him for the rest of eternity. So, He went through hell, literally. So that he can bring you back to him. So he can move you away from that death that we all were on and bring us into life. And the only thing that we need to do is believe in the person that he sacrificed for us. He's not requiring anything else. He's not even requiring that you love him like that. But he knows the more you understand what he did for you, you will naturally love him. Loving God should be a response. It shouldn't be a duty. Loving God should should be should not be something that you feel like you have to abide by in order to stay in good standing with God. But I think once you realize you're always in good standing with God, it allows you to feel the love a lot quicker. It allows you to know that everything is going to be all right depending on whatever going on in your situation or whatever going on in your life. Like it's a lot of struggle and and hurdles that you got to get through in life And the last thing you need to feel like Is that the person who created everything That created you Is not on your side Because you didn't do the right thing Or you didn't love him enough Like that's a selfish love That would be literally be a selfish love That's how we as humans love You know That's just It's just a natural human uh, instinct for us, because if people aren't treating us a certain way, or people aren't thinking about us a certain way, we will withhold our love from them, and we will start to think less of them when it comes to love, and we will start to uh, get emotional and let our feelings take over, and it and it will be a detriment to our relationships because our power of love is strictly on the foundation of what that other person can do for us, and we do it all the time, but. That's how God or that's really what God wants us to get away away from. He wants us to only be focused on his love for us because that love will pour out into ourselves and also pour out into the other people that we connected with. And they'll experience God's God's love through us because we understand how much God loves us. And that's how it works. So let me keep going to verse 12. It says no one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love has been perfected in us. So, the proof of us being connected to God would be the fact that we love other people. So, likewise, if you lack a love for other people, it's proof that you don't know how much God loves you. I say it like that. Like, the way we feel about other people is directly connected to how we feel that God feels about us. Because there's no way you can feel that love from God and not want to pour it out to other people. Because one, you will realize you don't even deserve the love that God gives you. So you're not even going to be looking for a person that deserves it. You're going to be looking for a person to love regardless of if they deserve it or not because you know love conquers all, it covers all and love changes people. Love is the only thing that changes people. It is nothing else. Love will always be the catalyst to change people. If you want to change somebody, love them. Without expectations, just love them because if you love them, then eventually they'll react to the love that you've given them. And it might not look the same way that you, the, in the way that you want it to look. It might not look how you picture it. But trust me, somewhere along the line, if you're loving people in that way, they will change. Now, they might not change in a relationship with you, but the way that you treated them will resonate with them for for at some point in their life. But the burden is not on you. And a lot of times we try to take that burden. The burden to love other people is not on you. The burden to love other people is on God. And God wants you to focus on how much he loves you so you can naturally and effortlessly love other people. All right, so let's keep going to verse 13. It says, by this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. So. The guarantee that God loves us and that we're connected to him is by having the Holy Spirit. When you believe and put your trust in Jesus Christ, you receive the Holy Spirit at that point. The Holy Spirit is now living in you, and now he's ready to guide you and walk you into every area of your life. But that's the guarantee of us knowing that we have a relationship with God. So when you hear the Holy Spirit speaking to you, you know that that's your permanent connection with God. So you should never feel like the times that you mess up and you fall and you, you you know, you might end up doing something you shouldn't be doing. That's not a time to be worrying or whether or not God still loves you or if you're still connected to his love or if you have some type of, uh you, you've been severed away from his love or severed away from him. The Holy Spirit in you will be speaking to you, which is a reminder. That you are connected to God God still loves you And that's what the Holy Spirit role is To continue to remind you of how loved you are Because the Holy Spirit knows That if He continues to remind you of how loved you are You're going to overcome all of that other stuff that you're dealing with But the moment you take your eyes off of God And off of the Holy Spirit And try to to overcome things on your own And try to love God on your own You're going to fail And you're going to fail miserably and guess what's going to happen? At the lowest, God's still going to be there to help you overcome that thing and to help you overcome whatever it is. Like, God would walk with you into the lowest of lows. And he'll talk with you the whole time. And the Holy Spirit going to be trying to get you to turn around and, do, and, and go in a different direction the whole time. And a lot of times, you know we don't. Listen, we do our own things a lot of times. But at that low time, he's still going to be there to prove to you I still love you. And guess what's going to happen? At your lowest, he'll still be able to use everything that you did that he didn't want you to do, and he'll make that the very reason why he's able to bless you and put you in a a different situation. I'm living proof of it. It happened to me many a times, and I'm sure it happened to you. And I'm just trying to encourage you right now that the focus should never be on loving God. Like, I want to make a T-shirt. Do not try to love God. Like, stop Stop trying to love God in your own power and stop trying to test people to love God. It'd be way more beneficial, as we've been talking about, for you to tell a person how much God loves them. They'll respond, maybe not immediately, but they will once they get a a glimpse of it and once they start to believe it. All right, so let's move on to verse 14. It says, And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent the Son as Savior of the world. So this is John telling the readers that he himself has already seen Jesus in the flesh and he walked with him and he testified that that's who God sent as the savior of the world. And verse 15, it says, whoever confesses that Jesus is the son of God, God abides in him and he in God. So like I was trying to say, when you put your trust in Jesus and you believe in him, you have the Holy Spirit at that point and God now abides in you. And the only way that God can abide in anything, that thing has to be perfect. That thing has to be holy. God cannot abide in anything that's not holy. So what's that tell you? Because you know that you're not holy and you never did anything that was holy enough for God to be with you, then you know that God must have did something so perfect that he made you holy for him to even dwell in you. Which is another guarantee That you should think about when you fail. Even when you fail, you still made perfect and you holy. And nothing, and nothing about that ever changes. Because God wants to continue that relationship with you. He's not worried about your behavior more so as He's more concerned about whether or not you understand how much He loves you. So let's think about it. Alright, so in verse 16 it says, and we have known and believed. It says, and we have known and believe the love that God has for us. God is love and he who abides in love abides in God and God and God in him. So John literally is saying right now, he's saying, and we have known and believed. So the key and the culmination to what we already talked about is knowing it, that God loves you and believing that God loves you. And you have to do both because some people stop at knowing it and knowing it is like somebody tell you god loves you and you be like yeah yeah i know he loves everybody right and you stop making it personal so it stops you from actually believing it because a lot of things in your life might indicate that that can't be true like look at what i just did look at how i treated that person um look at what i just said and he's looking like there's no way that god still loves me and i'm acting like that and i'm acting a fool and i'm acting out of character or I'm acting in character, whatever your character is. When you, Once you know and believe the love that God has for you, because God is love, like that's who he is. Like you would know that his love is abiding in you and it's going to be in you and it's going to change your life because you're focused on his love and not your love for him. All right, so let's move on to verse 17, uh, 17 through 19, which is one of my uh, favorite Chunks of verses, and I, I mentioned it in a previous podcast, um, you know, dealing with judgment. So verse 17 says, love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. All right. So I, I explained, we, we talked about us having the Holy Spirit. Which requires us to be Holy. The only way we can have the Holy Spirit is for us to be holy. So since the Holy Spirit is permanently in us, that means we're permanently holy. Regardless of if you live holy every day or not. And this is good news for the person who is weary, the person who's tired and who's been trying so hard to be the good person and to do the right thing. This is good news. This is maybe not. This might be also good news to the person who doesn't really love God. But. Or who doesn't really care about God like that, or who who doesn't really focus um, on God, and they just might be using, they could be using it as a, a mental ascent to say, okay, now I can do whatever I want to do. But we know that a person who really is about God is not living a life trying to do what they want to do. Yes, there's a lot of people that struggle. There's a lot of people that's that's going through things and they they're they're you know dealing with a lot. But those people are struggling. It's a difference between struggling with sin and living in sin. To live in sin just means you're trying to get better at it. That means that's just what you do. Like, I, you know, I'm trying to be the best at this. So that might be an indication that you're not saved in the first place. Because in order to be saved, that means you have to recognize that some of the stuff in your life is not good. Now, you might not overcome it quickly. It might take you years to overcome it. But it's It's a struggle. And it's not something that you're okay with and that you're just saying, oh, it's all good. So anyway, uh, again, it says in verse 17, it says, love has been perfected, uh, perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. So on judgment day, you will be bold knowing that God is no longer considering you a sinner. He's considering you a righteous person because as he is he meaning God, Jesus, so are we in this world. So right now, the moment you became a believer, you are just like Jesus right now. Like, it's, you're, you're not trying to be like Jesus. It's not what would Jesus do. It's what Jesus did already. He did it already. He made me righteous. And the more you keep focusing on the fact that he went through so much to make you that righteous person, you're going to fall in love with him and your actions and the, the things you do in your life will change. But you got to keep hearing this message. you got to keep hearing things that remind you of how much God loves you because from day to day, from minute to minute, depending on what's going on, you can forget it very quickly. And when you start to forget it, you start to live your life like it. Now, you might still be saved, but you're going to start living your life as if you're not loved. And you're going to start making decisions as if you're not loved. And you're going to allow other people to treat you like you wouldn't have if you know how loved you are. So, all right, let's move on to verse 18. It says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Now, I'm going to stop for one second on this one because sometimes I think when we read this verse, when it says perfect love casts out fear, we start to think, oh, if I just love somebody perfectly, it'll cast out fear. Or, or if, I, if I love like this, um, fear will go away. This fear is not, this love is not about you. This love is about God's perfect love for you because he's the only person that's perfect. So whenever something says perfect, just know you had no role in it. If it says perfect anything, that's not God talking about you. That's God talking about himself. So he has the perfect love that cast out fear. So the more we understand his love for us, fear will start to dissipate in our life. Fear will start to go away. It It won't be a part of us as much as it, it used to be And there's going to be some days you do fear But when you remind yourself of how loved you are He'll let that fear dissipate It could be uh, a health issue It could be a financial issue It could be just a relationship issue The many issues of life God's love will, ca- will, will move that fear And let it dissipate And you'll start to trust him That he knows what's going on in your life And he's going to take care of it And he's already taking care of it You just wait, waiting to walk into it. All right. So, so the second part of verse 18 says, because fear involves torment, but he who fears has not been made perfect in love. So when it says the person that fears has not been made perfect in love, that literally just means you haven't, you are fearing because you're not being perfected in the love that God has for you. And it's just reiterating what I was already saying. So when you recognizing that you're fearful in a certain situation, because fear is going to come up, that's the time to remind yourself of what Jesus has already accomplished for you, which means he's 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 died for all of your sins. You're made righteous. You're perfect in him and that he's taking care of everything and that all the blessings that he wants you to have. He's ready to give them to you. And he's not going to if he gave you Jesus, he's not going to withhold any good thing. Like, how can he hold any good thing from you if he already gave you heaven's best? Heaven's best is Jesus. So, since he gave you Jesus, there's no way he's going to say, Okay, nah, I gave you Jesus, but you can't have this and you can't have that. So, all the things that we want in life that's a blessing to us, God wants us to have it, and he's going to walk us into it, and he's going to take care of it, and it's going to be a good thing. So, the last verse says, We love him. Because he first loved us That's the ending point That I wanted to talk about We only can love God Because he first loved us So back to what that scripture said earlier that In Deuteronomy 6 That says you should love God With all your heart, all your strength And all your mind You literally cannot do that And the only way That you can love God in any capacity Is to recognize that He first loved you And how did he prove that he first loved you? Because he gave up his best person. He gave up himself, Jesus Christ. He allowed Jesus to live a perfect life and to die the worst death, the sinner's death that ever could happen. And because he allowed that, he took all of our sins. He punished them, bruised them, beat them, took our sins, went to, to the grave, rose again without our sins, So now that everybody that trusts in him can walk in that new life that Jesus has because our sins has already been taken care of. So always remember that you're not righteous because God just wanted to forgive you and and he just wanted to uh, pretend like you never sinned and you never did anything wrong. He already punished your sin like you. You've already been punished for your sin. It's just that you've been punished in a different body. You've been punished in Jesus Christ and not yourself. And because you've already been punished in Jesus Christ, God cannot punish you again. Like he's not going to punish you for a sin that he already punished Jesus for. That would be very unrighteous of God to do that. But God made it that way so he wouldn't have to worry about that. And you wouldn't have to worry about that. So the the overall message I want to convey is stop trying to love God. The only way that you can love God is if you realize that he first loved you. So every day of our lives, every day that we live, we shouldn't be focused on whether or not we love God. It should only be, what did God do for me? God took care of me. Remind yourself of the the different things you went through that God brought you through. Remind yourself of what he took Jesus through on your behalf. That's how you overcome fear, and that's how you stay in love with God. And God wants it that way. It's a simple, it's a simple truth, and it doesn't put a burden on you, because God is not weighing you by the amount of love that you have for Him. He's weighing you on the amount of love that He has for you. It's all about Him towards you. God will always provide what He wants. We just respond, and in our relationship, our relationship with other people. And the way we love other people is a direct reflection of how love we feel about um, how love we feel by God. So hopefully um, that helps some people that definitely helped me just talking about it. Um, I want to stay in this love. I want to keep reminding myself about this love that God has for me because, um, you know, I go through things like everybody else, but I just thank God that he gave us his word that reminds us that, He's the one that's doing the loving, and we're the ones that's doing the receiving. And our response will be based on how much we get to receive from him in his love. So, um, you know, that's all I got for today. But, um, you know, I I, I just really feel like that's a a heavy weight that I know some people carry. But today, hopefully, we can start to realize that um, we should stop trying to love God. We should always try to figure out how much he loves us and loving God would just be a natural response. So anyway, that's the end of it. And, um, we'll deal with, you know, the next topic next time, but like always, this is the forever Say podcast. This is your host, Kevin Moy. I'll see y'all soon.